I'm Nick Hugh. And I'm Sarah Falco, and this is Hugh Wave. Where we spark conversation with creators to discuss who they are, what they do, and why they do it. Today, we're here with Louis D'Amato, photographer and designer based in New York City. How are you guys doing? I'm in like a weird spot right now. I'm like kind of busy, but also kind of being a slacker at the same time. Do you feel like the pandemic has caused you to be more that way? Maybe. I think it's just like, I just, I'm in a weird spot, like having graduated and like not really knowing what the next steps are at the moment. I just feel like, I don't know, I've just been feeling really unmotivated, to be honest. What about you, Sarah? Do you find that the same way? Yeah, I've definitely been in this weird, like, I don't know if anybody else has this, but it's like, I like I work full time and I also freelance with my photography and it's like you're constantly busy even when you have downtime, it feels like. No, I completely understand. Like, even, I don't know, there's just like this sense of tiredness at times, even when you're not necessarily doing too much. So do you find like during this time, do you find that you guys are becoming more like organized or more like better with your time management? This is going to sound probably like backwards, but I feel like being currently unemployed actually is like what's causing me to feel slacking you know like when i'm working full-time i'm the type of person where i need to be on that schedule to not have that right now like to have my days that every day is just not regimented i feel lost but uh this podcast definitely starting this was i think a step in the right direction for where i want to be yeah same here i think this podcast is great for not only you guys but also just for everybody um giving us a platform like obviously me as an artist sarah as an artist nick as an artist but we're also all young so we're this is like during this time we should have our trials and tribulations it shouldn't be a smooth road right now and i think too just another way to describe it i guess in addition to you said lost but also almost just like disconnected I've taken such a long break from personal work and passion projects. I kind of feel like part of our goal for the show was to, in a way, give back to like to network and to introduce people of all different creative backgrounds to a new audience. When I decided that I wanted to do a podcast, I was like, I'm nobody. No one wants to no one wants to listen to me talk. Who's going to care enough, you know, to sit down for a half hour, 40 minutes and listen to some rando talk. But to bring a guest in every episode that does something creative, that there's bound to be someone listening that's in that same field or they want to get into that field or something to that effect, I think is like, that's why we want to do it. I can definitely speak to also feeling disconnected during this time. And I think that's something that a lot of people are struggling with right now. So being able to hopefully build a platform where like people can browse and hear something that either inspires them or they have the same experience and they're like oh cool like okay i'm actually not as like disconnected as i thought i feel like that's a really good goal no it's a great goal and i think something to tell people out there is like right now everybody who you thought was unaccessible is accessible right now it's so easy now to network and connect with people who you might have never thought you would be able to get in contact with just because so many people are on their phone. I've reached out to so many photographers, so many graphic designers, so many just artists in general. I'm constantly on FaceTime. I'm constantly just talking to people because, of course, like we obviously can't do as much in-person things, but I still like to network, still like to just ask questions and still, still just try to get as much information out of people and stay connected as much as possible. 
Yeah, you've been killing it for the last year. Your content transformed. I, I noticed like more recently you're incorporating more like design elements into your photography and like you it's a a really like something new. Yeah, I have been. Um obviously before COVID, I was working part time at a brewery in Queens and I was doing my photography during the time that I didn't have to go to work and stuff like that. It was just there was times when like opportunities would present themselves and I couldn't take them because I knew I had a part-time job. So, like, honestly, once COVID hit, I used that time very wisely. I was like, this is the time where I'm going to research um, photography or graphic design, any art. I was going to read about it. I was going to ask questions. And I have to say, my Instagram got to where it is through advice that I received from a photographer that I had spoken to during quarantine. And he was like, you're a graphic designer you have photography, just combine the two. And I guess the flaw that I had before 2020 and before COVID was like, I was trying to do these two things separately rather than in like pretty much combining them. And that's pretty much what sparked the way like my Instagram looks now or more, or my mindset when it comes to taking photos or posting on Instagram. I think the combination of the two fields is working out really well. Yeah, when I look at your feed, it, the first thing I think of, obviously, is like a magazine spread, both in like the kind of work it is and also the way you lay it out. Thank you. Yeah, it's, it's nice to see that. It's funny you mentioned the magazine thing because you actually did a magazine, didn't you? Yes, I did do a magazine. It was one of my quarantine projects. It's funny. I had many projects that I had wanted to do during quarantine, even though we're technically still in quarantine. Um, it was to learn a language. Um, I kind of started that late. I'm now learning Spanish. Um, and then it was doing the magazine. The magazine was a key thing. And it's funny, I actually did somewhat do a podcast during quarantine. I used to call it Quarantine. Oh, I remember that. Yeah. Uh, we're all just going to try to forget that. Um, so <laughs> so I, I had done that. But the magazine was something that I wanted to make it actually happen. And I have to say, I learned so many lessons from doing that magazine. I'm very a hard worker when it comes to things. I'm very like on time. Time management is key. Like I go hard in the pain every time. But it was hard to manage people or try to get people to be on the same guidelines or the same deadline when in the past I was so accustomed so used to being like you know what I'm just do this myself so now having to like rely on people and honestly I have to give a huge shout out to everybody that was part of that magazine um, because they made something that I never thought would actually be a physical thing a physical thing and mind you that idea started in college where we were pretty much told to create a magazine and shout out to Asha Blue, like she was the one. And I remember I was like, as I was designing it, I was thinking, man, this would be so cool if I made this a real thing. And then I did. And it was a it was a cool experience. And I'm very fortunate, like I said, for everybody who was involved. And I'm probably never will do a second a magazine issue. Uh, it was a, a pain in the butt. <laughs> Working with people to make something so... Um like cohesive is a lot harder than it seems at first <laughs> up to that point i never had to actually manage people and i put so much on my plate where i should have dispersed that more evenly and got more help i think a lot of that just comes from 
being used to freelancing because I just look at my own stuff. You're, you're your own marketing. You're, you're, you're the accounting department. You're, you know, you're dealing with the clients. You're doing, you're everything. You're, you're every position and you're, you worry about the money. You worry about the projects. You worry about the deadlines, the income and all that. And I guess sometimes it's hard to let go. I know I'm definitely that way. I'm still trying to get better. (laughs) Sorry, we got to work with this, this podcast thing. Uh, I feel like I put so much on my plate for no reason and like I need to learn how to let some things go and it's hard. Amen. But honestly like I don't think there's anything wrong with that mindset either. As much as like people may knock it like of course like I think one thing I'm learning now is balance and knowing how to balance work and how to like not give your not put too much pressure on yourself but I also feel like if it wasn't for this mindset that I have or you have Nick or Sarah has we wouldn't be where we are today. We wouldn't have had the jobs we had up to this point, uh, the projects that we've worked on. Like none of that would have existed if it wasn't for the mindsets that we had. Yeah, it's just that balance of like having that urge to keep going and pursue bigger things, but like also not putting too much pressure on yourself so that it's like you're chasing something that's unattainable. On the topic of balance, if you don't mind uh, Lewis talking about it, I know you're probably one of the most regimented people I've ever met just in terms of dedication to keeping your daily routine and just the times at which you do stuff. Do you want to talk about that and how it maybe affects your process or, you know, does, do you feel like that aids your, your work process in any way? I feel like it definitely aids my work process, but I also want people to know that what I do works for me and not necessarily will work for them. Um, so it's like, You just got to find what works for you. So for me, I wake up at four o'clock in the mornings. I work out. Then pretty much I take a shower and I won't have my first meal until 10 o'clock. But during that time, like I'm probably well, right now I'm doing a lot of I'm learning Spanish. So I'm doing like 20 minutes of Duolingo and then I'll read a book. Right now I'm actually reading The 48 Laws of Power by, bear with me, of Robert Greene. The reason why I like reading is because if you're a graphic designer, you practice doing graphic design photography, you practice doing photo shoots. So like talking, reading, it's good practice when it comes to when you're in front of like a business person or someone who you are networking with. So that is my morning. If I have a photo shoot, most likely um, setting up uh, around like nine o'clock, especially most of the time my shoots are at 11. So I'm setting up pretty much that process, especially now with COVID is a little bit more crazy. Um, having to disinfect everything, clean the house, clean the studio, and then set up the studio equipment, chart, have every, make sure everything's right, have the mask out, have the temperature check out, have the hand sanitizer out, then most of the time shoots will last two to three hours, um, maybe sometimes longer, depending on what type of shoot it is. Then once the shoot's done, pretty much then disinfect the studio, take everything down. Then that night of, I like to send the client the selects of the photos so they'll get the unedited version of the photos. Of course, I'll go through it just to take out any photos that don't look um, pleasant or honestly like anything like maybe they're blinking maybe it's not focused right and then they'll get that night of they'll make their selects and probably within the week they'll get their photos back the edited versions and um, so that's usually the daytime then when it comes to nighttime 
um, pretty much what I'll do is, as Nick knows, I'm very strict. So Monday through Friday, I consider it my work days. Um, so that means like I won't do, I won't play video games. Um, but what I will do is every, probably every time around nine o'clock, I'll do a 10 minute uh, meditation just to reset my body and my mind and just like slow down my brain pretty much because from the moment I wake up until that nine o'clock time, I'm like running. My brain is firing at all cylinders. So that 10 minute uh, meditation is very essential for me. Um, And that's pretty much it. And then 10 o'clock I'm in bed. So I'll probably put on some YouTube and then I'll be out like a light before 11. Sheesh. Well, you lost me at waking up at 4 (laughs) a.m., but you're on that CEO schedule. It's impressive, to be honest. It really is. As someone who does not wake up, I'm a morning person, but I do not wake up that early. I usually go to bed around 2 or 3 a.m., do play games pretty much all week. I'm like the total opposite of your schedule. (laughs) It's good to that you have so much agency over like where you put your energy during the week. I also vouch for meditation. I think it's such a great way to reset, especially when you're just like constantly working. It's so key. Um, and honestly, I use Headspace. Shout out. They are a great app. This is not an ad. This episode is sponsored by no one. But Headspace is so good. Like you can do a five minute meditation, a 10 minute meditation It's just like, it's really good to do. And I highly recommend if you're feeling stressed out, just pop on a 10 minute meditation and you don't need to use Headspace. There's YouTube things. It just, unfortunately, regardless of what you do as a profession, especially now, this is a stressful time regardless. Um, And it's good to just reset, recenter yourself because if you're constantly firing and worrying and stressed out like you're not going to make the right decision so i try to make sure to calm myself down as much as possible so i make the right decisions and of course like i know i might still make the wrong decision but i'm trying to prepare myself to be able to give people my best but also to give myself my best i uh as someone who doesn't meditate, I, I genuinely wish that I could get into it. Uh, you both said you vouched for it. I've tried, as you know, Lewis, I've tried in the past, and I just, I don't know. I, I don't know if I'm not doing it right. I just, I end up just, like, feeling like I'm just sitting there for 10 minutes or, or however long, and I just, I don't know. I gotta, uh, just try some new techniques or something, maybe. It could also be, like, depending on what time you do it, um, it could be the duration, 10 minutes is long, especially if you're starting out. So I think when I was starting out, I think I started out three minutes and then I think I went to five and then I went to 10. Um, but of course, like there's times when I'm doing my meditation and I don't feel relaxed, but I'm just still just doing the motions. And maybe I'm like really like my mind thinking about things, but still, at least I know that I'm putting myself into that state of just watching my breathing and just really just soothing out yeah i probably overthink it realistically most likely <laughs> what else is new <laughs> you're out here probably meditating too with skrillis running in the background being like this is so meditating <laughs> i meditate to dubstep only <laughs> um back to kind of about your photography work i was wondering when you were talking about clients i mean i can kind of tell from browsing your work and your website but what how would you describe like the kind of clientele 
that you shoot for and like do you have your favorite kinds of projects or like things that you want to get more into like anything like that so up to this point I've developed a pretty strong clientele within the modeling industry and the fashion industry and I'm very fortunate that whole process was such a crazy process because I remember the first modeling agency I worked with and now like it blows my mind to see how much um, how much networking and how many people I've met during this time. So right now, a lot of my clients are modeling agencies. I have done stuff for my friend Bianca Peters. Um, so those have been dope experiences. But honestly, now I find myself still still doing stuff with the modeling agencies. But now I I try to do more things outside of the industry. I don't like to be stagnant or stuck in just one thing i want to like branch out i did something recently for someone who's a health coach and i met her on a shoot that i did for this drink company called koi and being on the shoot with her and being able to talk to her and, and experience something different was it really like made me happy and because like what people don't realize and I tell this to a lot of people is like when it comes to getting your photograph taken, probably Sarah can attest to this is like most of the time, like the person you're photographing, they put so much faith in us to capture them at their best. Um, so you do get very connected. Like I can remember the first photo shoot that I did and I've done more than probably more than 100, 200 shoots since then, probably even more than that. But you can remember these shoots and what happens at these shoots like they happened yesterday and i think it's mainly because of the connection that is made on these shoots so doing that shoot with lauren it was nice to have a different type of connection um obviously she didn't have a modeling background so now the point i was getting at is that i do want to expand what i'm dealing with and honestly i'm in the works of doing that um I don't want to give out too much information on what I'm planning, but just know it's coming and to stay tuned. Yeah, I think I'd say I definitely learned something from every single shoot that I do from the people. Um, it's definitely not like other jobs where you, I don't know, you interact with people, but you don't really like make the same connection. So I, I definitely feel what you're talking about. And that's why, honestly, like what's good about the fact that I have a graphic design background and a photography background is that I was able to, especially when I was in college um, and even now when I do have like when people have me like become a guest speaker at their classes, is that I try to tell a lot of graphic design kids or, or, or just any artist that not usually in front of people, I'm like, get in front of people because as a photographer, you can't really do it behind the behind the the computer. But it's that person to person connection that I feel is so essential. Um, so I think I even told Nick this um, hop on a phone call with your clients. Um, if it's a video call, that's even better. But hop on phone calls with them. Try to put a voice behind your art. Don't obviously. Yeah, there's some people that can be very famous with no voice behind them but also unfortunately not everybody has that talent like that so what i always do suggest is try to be just try to be out there more uh sometimes we can't just let our work speak for itself i personally feel 
Yeah, there's definitely an amount of like scrapping to network with people and to show more than your photographs, like who you are. I'm trying to get better with that, with posting on Instagram and stuff. Definitely, definitely. I find it's very essential for me to show my face, um, something that I try to do as often as possible on Instagram with behind the scenes stuff. And I also try to be as interactive as possible because I want people to know what it's like to work with me before even working with me. But also to just like, just post something of yourself. Don't overthink it. Like, I'll be honest, there's been times in the past where I've taken so many takes on a video that I'm like, I can't believe I took five takes on something that I just chose to go with the first take that I did. Um, and you just got to learn to be confident with yourself. And because what we see what the flaws we see in ourselves, most likely no one else sees them. So true. We just have to kind of just like post, just post, post whatever. Oh, I'm the worst with that. I, uh, I'm the one that hides. But you have been doing a better job. I've been trying. You mentioned getting into a different type of work and how that was like, you know, something that helped you a lot. And I think that happened also recently with me too, just in that most of my work to date has been in some way or another connected to the music industry. And I had the opportunity to work a little bit in the gaming industry uh, at the end of 2020. And that was just, that was cool. Because I always saw video games as a hobby, but not as anything that could be a a career. Um, But I think that definitely changed my perspective. And it was just nice to have something different. No, yeah, it it definitely, that's, and I think even Sarah can attest to this obviously i'm assuming i'm pretty sure so you do videography too right yeah so like obviously with the photography and the videography you just learn different things and i always like to never like sometimes i'll take like a client on that i might be totally out of my wheelhouse just to get an experience out of it um just because you never know you even if you don't enjoy the experience you still technically learn something from that experience because you might have learned that you don't like that um but you can also, it's just like, it's good not to limit yourself. Obviously, down the line, once you make it, if you feel like limiting yourself, go right ahead. But right now, to limit yourself doesn't is not logical to me. Yeah, definitely. I mean, one of my one of my clients is a, a hair salon that used to be my neighbor um, a few years ago. But I still do work for them from time to time when they need website updates and stuff like that, just because they don't have someone for it. You both know the type of work I do. and. Uh, and, you know, even just stuff like that, I never would think I'd do anything like that. But it's been a good opportunity. You never know. You might find your calling by doing something that you never thought you would like. I wasn't doing photography first. I was doing I was actually doing more on the lines of graphic design than I was photography. Um, I had a Knicks fan page. This is back when they were good. Um, They kind of are still doing good now, but I would just edit photos of the players. And over time, I was like, man, what would it be like if I would take my own photographs and then edit it? And that was what I started doing. And that was like and then it came it went into doing video of the players and stuff like that. And then it became I don't know why I was doing this, but I would like go and to like outside the neighborhoods and take some like landscape photography and then i remember my very first 
model photo shoot was with so my friend's name is Catherine and the girl that I photographed that day was named Melissa she was a dancer and I remember we did that in Central Park and that was like the beginning of what I am now today and it's crazy when I look back at how I got to that point I don't even know how that girl even found me I didn't even think I had like model like anything to like show thank god I got some good photos that day but now when I look at back at those photos, man, was I cringy. I can't even stomach stuff I made last month. <laughs> it's so bad. Like, I look at some of the stuff that I... It's also funny, like, just even, like, my branding, too. I used to be called Luhu. Uh, that was, like, my go... That was, like, a name that I had. Um, so I had that name. And then I remember I used to put the most obnoxious watermarks on my photos thinking that was the thing to do. I think we all had a watermark phase. Sarah, did you? I did, unfortunately, but it was so far back that most people missed it. <laughs> I think we, we all we all been there. I think it needs to resurface. The way people don't tag me nowadays, I might have to slap that watermark on. Yeah, it's crazy. It's so weird. Like, you figure Instagram's been around for so long now. Like, I thought people would have cut that out. I've definitely worked on some things where I got basically little to no credit for, may or may not have been seen by many people and or purchased on a product, and it hurts uh, to see that, like knowing that you made it and nobody knows. Yeah, it's crazy. What I think Nick and I started doing this within this year is being much, very strict when it comes to like... uh, our contracts and stuff like that and having oh, yeah. it more written down of saying like hey this needs to happen because unfortunately we as artists need to protect ourselves yeah i've just been burned too many times i got tired of it and i'm sure you guys both had the same uh, same thing like you both probably went through something similar i'm sure at some point i'm a drake song i'm <laughs> jaded yeah for real <laughs> you and i nick like we talked about contracts so many times and like it got to a point where like one or two clients that I had like years ago that's still like you know I was just starting out like I had no idea about like usage licensing or anything like that and they still to this day like post the images but they always post a filter on it. Lewis has uh, some experience with that I know that one. There's a few apps that I'm not a fan of. (laughs) Facetune. Uh, Oh my god. Yeah that's another thing that hurts. You know it's funny that you mentioned that because I remember I don't know why this state of memory, but I feel like there was something back like early Instagram days that was like how to get maximum engagement on Instagram. And I feel like I specifically remember one of the tips being that people were more likely to engage or like or comment a warmer photo than a cooler one. And I wonder if some people just really took that to heart Ooh. and they're just like warmth filter all the way up. Hue saturation all the way up. Uh, maybe that just stuck around, but I, I like specifically remember like reading something like that years ago. That's totally fair. I could see that. Uh, me personally, I like to I like to put a cold filter on everything. I don't I don't I don't, I don't like that. <laughs> but yeah, Nick tries to make it as black as possible. It's like oh, cold there's heart. not. <laughs> this isn't cringy. This isn't dark and grungy. Uh, let's uh, make it. Uh, expose me. He'll be smiling. He'll put a warp on his photos just to put a frown on it. 
I had I had someone tell me once in in a college that the uh, the picture of myself on the about page looked like a funeral photo, and oh. I was just like jo- jokingly, jokingly, you know, and I was just like, yeah, thanks. I hate that they said that because now I can't unsee it. <laughs> but we are keeping it. Nick and I joke all the time, like we're we're pretty similar in the fact that we always wear all black, and like we always joke that it's like the standard art design fit. Yeah, like, if you're in this field, you just... Dude, I could open my closet or, like, any drawer in my dresser. There's no colors. Yeah, None. same. Zero. And I'm fine with that. I'm the complete opposite. And that's awesome. I literally... I never wear black. Just a few months ago, I literally hit up Sarah for recommendations on, like, what do you think is the best place to buy plain black t-shirts? And she's like, oh, I got you. <laughs> I have, like, five websites. Keep that on deck. Yeah, man. That was the funny thing, like, even being, like, art school, like, I never felt like I was an artist because I was so out of the ordinary. I was, like, the I was the weird one because, like Nick said, like, I had, I just had a different discipline compared to everybody. But for my year, we had to do an in-person presentation. And when I look back at that day, I was so mentally and physically drawn that, like, I couldn't even enjoy my presentation. And it was, I think what came down... First of all, I think what, what the reason why was probably really poor time management. But also, too, like, the things that I was putting in my body were so bad for me that I couldn't... I didn't have the energy that I have now. And, like, I remember... I think I, my mom took a photo uh, of me next to my board. And I'm like, oh, no, I look dead next <laughs> to my board. And, like, pretty much that was, like, the whole vibe that whole day because everybody was just so beat and exhausted that no one looked like they were alive. It was just, it was the funniest thing. Um, But it it was pretty much that thought got sparked from about my bagel obsession in college and constantly having bagels every morning. Well, when there's a really good egg sandwich cart directly in front of the campus doors, yeah, it's pretty tempting. And they had the halal cart. Oh, yeah. People go to for yeah. lunch. The halal. They, they had good coffee right there, too. It's all right in front of you. Like, how could you not? That was like the perks of going to school in the city. Oh, yeah, 100%. If there's anybody in New York City or near any major city, definitely go to school within the city. I was going to say, there's nothing that compares to going to school in a city. Yeah, I was going to literally say the ex- same exact thing. Like, it does not compare to any different college experience. Like, it's school in the city, I feel like, was just a different beast. Yeah, I mean, as someone who took pretty much half and half between the city and suburbs, I, I'm i glad that I did it that way because I, I got warmed up locally in the beginning, like the first year, and then... Actually, the way that we had met Lewis, uh, you were taking a class on the Long Island campus, um, and then he has—he was the one who suggested that we take city classes, and that's really the only reason why I did. Um, and I ended up branching away from that campus, and I took an entire year and a half um, in Manhattan, and it was... I do not regret a minute of it. It was expensive with the trains. It sucked up a lot of my time. Some of the days were painfully long. 
because I had a morning class and then a six hour break and then a night class and then an hour plus train ride each way. But the, that like year and a half was such a good experience between the professors that I met, the different students that I wouldn't have even known unless I went there. And just all the places we got to go, like during the day on break or whatever else. And it was just a great experience all around. I see so many people that are missing out on opportunities because they're so shy. And I've been that shy person, but I knew that I had to get over that to to get to where I want to be in life. And if it wasn't for that change of mindset, like I probably wouldn't have met some people that I met. And I probably wouldn't have went to probably the coolest thing I've done so far well, probably one of the coolest things was going to Brendan Maxwell's fashion show. So pretty much Brendan Maxwell, for people who don't know, is a fashion designer. And my friend Bianca Peters, it was during fashion week. Um, and she has sent me all the cast, all like the shows that she was invited to. And I remember looking through it and I just clicked a random, um, a random show. I didn't know who it was. I didn't know who Brandon Maxwell was prior to this. Uh, day of the fashion show, Bianca goes, hey, bring your camera. Now, she's like, bring something discreet, but also bring your cameras. And then that day, I don't know why I waited until that day to look at the location for the fashion show. But the fashion show happened to be at the Natural History Museum. And I was like, and then I and then I started making the connection. So then I looked up the designer and I'm like, oh, wow, this is a, a really big designer and this is a really big show. Um, so it's the day of the show. And then Bianca's like, so there's a possibility that you can get some behind the scenes photos and videos. And that's all she had to say. And I just went off and did my thing. I was taking photos, taking the behind the scenes stuff. I was just literally anything and anything I could do. And. I remember, like, I took some photos of Bella Hadid and stuff like that and just the aura around her and, like, some of these models that, like I said, I've never seen before or I've seen before, but I've seen them in, like, on the television and on Instagram. That next day, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to post these photos and maybe the models will repost them. And so I post them, I put them up. Then I made sure to find every model that I had a photo of I tagged them and everything. And then some of them started posting them. And I was like, oh, this is dope. Then out of nowhere, Brendan Maxwell posted one of them. And I was like, nah, this, this, I'm like, this can't be true. And it just so happened to be one of the photographs that I caught was of his mom with the reaction, looking at the model with the dress and her excitement. Then I remember I was at a photo shoot over in Brooklyn Bridge and I get a notification on my phone that Brandon Maxwell had used one of the photos for promotional purposes. So now I'm freaking out. I'm like, you know what, Lewis? I'm going to reach out to him. I'm going to just message him, DM him. Just I'm going to take a shot in the dark. And I, and I had messaged him and I said, um, I forgot what exactly I said. I was like, hey, man, I just appreciate you um, using uh, using the photos. This is so dope had a great time and he responded back to me and then honestly ever since then I always kept in con kept a line of communication with him and then during quarantine I was actually able to hop on a phone call with him and speak to him like one-to-one -one. and that was like pretty much goes to show like hey like you never know that door could be open and that show changed the way that I look at how I handle 
the world and it was one of the best experiences that I've had so far as a photographer. Word, yeah. That's an awesome story. It's always like when you least expect it, like my advice for people is usually just like, you know, kind of like you mentioned earlier in the podcast, like try everything, say yes to as many things as possible as long as it's, you know, up your alley. Like I had a similar experience where I ended up, like a friend just asked me to cover for them to photograph this exhibition during fashion week. And I said, yes, it was kind of my element. It was like photographing this gallery and like the people in it, whatever. And I did it, you know, had a good time, whatever. Edited the photos, sent them off, like didn't think anything of it. And like half a day later, they used some of the images in Vogue to mention the exhibition and the designer. I didn't even know this guy. I didn't realize that he was like famous. And it was all because I was just like, why not? You know, I'll go to this, I'll hang out and shoot and like, yeah, say yes to all the opportunities that you can. Those stories, and I know people are always like, and I know Nick and I have spoken about this working for free, but sometimes an opportunity presents itself. And I'm assuming, Sarah, you probably didn't get paid for that opportunity, right? Weirdly enough, I did. Um, but it you wasn't did? like, Congrats. thank you. <laughs> Yeah, it wasn't like But a it lot. wasn't it wasn't like what you would have charged. For sure. And I think that's what people need to know is like know your value but also know when an opportunity presents itself where you may have to of course don't sell yourself short, but also too is like you just never know. That that thing that I did, that fashion show, I went there for free. I was backstage for free. I everything was pro bono. Like but what I had got out of that that I could never, I no money of value would ever succeed. There's, I wouldn't, that was like the best experience ever, but pretty much know your value people, know what to charge, and also know like when opportunity is an, a great opportunity, and also don't let people sell you on a false opportunity either. Because unfortunately, a lot of people that aren't in this industry try to sell people on that false opportunity and make it seem like by doing this, you'll get this out of this. Watch out for those people. There's a lot of them. Exposure doesn't always pay the bills. Exactly. As we're coming to a close, I just want to say thank you again for your time. And it was great to have you on and hear about your process of in both the photography and the design world. Yeah, thank you so much. Um, do you want to tell people how they can find out more about your work? Yeah, so people can follow me on Instagram at Louis D'Amato, no apostrophe, and or you can check out my website lewisdomato.com and just stay tuned um i got a lot of things planned a lot of cool things coming out and again thank you for the opportunity and i hope everybody enjoy this conversation thank you for listening to he wave podcast you can follow the show on social media at he wave podcast to stay up to date with the latest episodes we'll see you next time peace